Section 6 of On Benefits. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shreya Sethi. On Benefits by Seneca. Translated by Aubrey Stewart. Book 2, Chapters 26 to 35. We must now consider what is the main cause of ingratitude. It is caused by excessive self-esteem, by that fault innate in all mortals, of taking a partial view of ourselves and our own acts, by greed or by jealousy. Let us begin with the first of these. Everyone is prejudiced in his own favour, from which it follows that he believes himself to have earned all that he receives regards it as payment for his services and does not think that he has been appraised at a valuation sufficiently near his own he has given me this says he but how late after how much toil how much more might i have earned if i had attached myself to so and so or to so and so i did not expect this i have been treated like one of the herd did he really think that I only deserved so little? Why, it would have been less insulting to have passed me over altogether. The augur Nias Lentulus, who, before his freedmen reduced him to poverty, was one of the richest of men, who saw himself in possession of a fortune of four hundred millions, I say advisedly, saw, for he never did more than see it, was as barren and contemptible in intellect as he was in spirit though very avaricious yet he was so poor a speaker that he found it easier to give men coins than words this man who owed all his property to the late emperor augustus to whom he had brought only poverty encumbered with a noble name when he had risen to be the chief man in rome both in wealth and influence used sometimes to complain that augustus had interrupted his legal studies observing that he had not received anything like what he had lost by giving up the study of eloquence yet the truth was that augustus besides loading him with other gifts had set him free from the necessity of making himself ridiculous by labouring at a profession in which he could never succeed greed does not permit any one to be grateful for what is given is never equal to its base desires and the more we receive the more we covet for avarice is much more eager when it has to deal with great accumulations of wealth just as the power of a flame is enormously greater in proportion to the size of the conflagration from which it springs ambition in like matter suffers no man to rest satisfied with that measure of public honours to gain which was once the limit of his wildest hope no one is thankful for becoming tribune but grumbles at not being at once promoted to the post of praetor nor is he grateful for this if the consulship does not follow and even this does not satisfy him if he be consul but once his greed ever stretches itself out further and he does not understand the greatness of his success because he always looks forward to the point at which he aims and never back towards that from which he started a more violent and distressing vice than any of these is jealousy which disturbs us by suggesting comparisons he gave this to me but he gave more to that man and he gave it to him before me after which he sympathizes with no one 
but pushes his own claims to the prejudice of everyone else. How much more straightforward and modest is it to make the most of what we have received, knowing that no man is valued so high by anyone else as by his own self? I ought to have received more, but it was not easy for him to give more. He was obliged to distribute his liberality among many persons. This is only the beginning. Let me be contented, and by my gratitude encourage him to show me more favour. He has not done as much as he ought, but he will do so the more frequently. He certainly preferred that man to me, but he has preferred me before many others. That man is not my equal either in virtue or in services, but he has some charm of his own. By complaining, I shall not make myself deserve to receive more, but shall become unworthy of what I have received. More has been given to those most villainous men than has been given to me. Well, what is that to the purpose? How seldom does fortune show judgment in her choice? We complain every day of the success of bad men. Very often the hail passes over the estate of the greatest villains and strikes down the crops of the best of men. Every man has to take his chance, in friendship as well as in everything else. There is no benefit so great that spitefulness can pick no holes in it, none so paltry that it cannot be made more of by friendly interpretation. We shall never want a subject for complaint if we look at benefits on the wrong side. See how unjustly the gifts of heaven are valued even by some who profess themselves philosophers, who complain that we are not as big as elephants, as swift as stags, as light as birds, as strong as bulls, that the skins of seals are stronger, of hinds prettier, of bears thicker, of beavers softer than ours, that dogs excel us in delicacy of scent, eagles in keenness of sight, crows in length of days, and many beasts in ease of swimming. And although nature itself does not allow some qualities, as for example strength and swiftness, to be combined in the same person, yet they call it a monstrous thing that men are not compounded of different and inconsistent good qualities, and call the gods neglectful of us because we have not been given health, which even our vices cannot destroy, or knowledge of the future. They scarcely refrain from rising to such a pitch of impudence as to hate nature because we are below the gods and not on an equality with them. How much better is it to turn to the contemplation of so many great blessings and to be thankful that the gods have been pleased to give us a place second only to themselves in this most beautiful abode and that they have appointed us to be the lords of the earth. Can anyone compare us with the animals over whom we rule? Nothing has been denied us except what could not have been granted. In like manner, thou that takest an unfair view of the lot of mankind, think what blessings our Father has bestowed upon us. How far more powerful animals than ourselves we have broken to harness. How we catch those which are far swifter. How nothing that has life is placed beyond the reach of our weapons. We have received so many excellencies, so many crafts, above all our mind, which can pierce at once whatever it is directed against, which is swifter than the stars in their courses, for it arrives before them at the place which they will reach after many ages. And besides this, so many fruits of the earth, so much treasure, such masses of various things, piled one upon another, 
you may go through the whole order of nature and since you find no entire creature which you would prefer to be you may choose from each the special qualities which you would like to be given to yourself then if you rightly appreciate the partiality of nature for you you cannot but confess yourself to be her spoiled child so it is the immortal gods have unto this day always held us most dear and have bestowed upon us the greatest possible honor a place nearest to themselves we have indeed received great things yet not too great i have thought it necessary my friend liberalis to state these facts both because when speaking of small benefits one ought to make some mention of the greatest and because also this shameless and hateful vice of ingratitude starting with these transfers itself from them to all the rest if a man can scorn these the greatest of all benefits to whom will he feel gratitude what gift will he regard as valuable or deserving to be returned to whom will he be grateful for his safety or his life if he denies that he has received from the gods that existence which he begs from them daily he therefore who teaches men to be grateful pleads the cause not only of men but even of the gods for though they being placed above all desires cannot be in want of anything yet we can nevertheless offer them our gratitude no one is justified in seeking an excuse for ingratitude in his own weakness or poverty or in saying what am i to do and how when can i repay my debt to my superiors the lords of heaven and earth avaricious as you are it is easy for you to give them thanks without expense lazy though you be you can do it without labor at the same instant at which you received your debt towards them if you wish to repay it you have done as much as any one can do for he returns a benefit who receives it with good will this paradox of stoic philosophy that he returns a benefit who receives it with good will is in my opinion either far from admirable or else it is incredible for if we look at everything merely from the point of view of our intentions every man has done as much as he chose to do and since filial piety good faith justice and in short every virtue is complete within itself a man may be grateful in intention even though he may not be able to lift a hand to prove his gratitude whenever a man obtains what he aimed at he receives the fruit of his labor when a man bestows a benefit at what does he aim clearly to be of service and afford pleasure to him upon whom he bestows it if he does what he wishes if his purpose reaches me and fills us each with joy he has gained his object he does not wish anything to be given to him in return or else it becomes an exchange of commodities not a bestowal of benefits a man steers well who reaches the port for which he started a dart hurled by a steady hand performs its duty if it hits the mark one who bestows a benefit wishes it to be received with gratitude he gets what he wanted if it be well received but you say he hoped for some profit also then it was not a benefit the property of which is to think nothing of any repayment i receive what was given me in the same spirit in which it was given then i have repaid it if this be not true then this best of deeds has this worst of conditions attached to it that it depends entirely upon fortune whether i am grateful or not for if my fortune is adverse i can make no repayment
The intention is enough. What then? Am I not to do whatever I may be able to repay it? And ought I not ever to be on the watch for an opportunity of filling the bosom? Footnote Sinus, the fold of the toga over the breast, used as a pocket by the Romans. The great French actor Talma, when dressed for the first time in correct classical costume, indignantly asked where he was to put his stuff box. End footnote of him from whom I have received any kindness. True, but a benefit is in an evil plight if we cannot be grateful for it even when we are empty-handed. A man, it is argued, who has received a benefit, however gratefully he may have received it, has not yet accomplished all his duty, for there remains the part of repayment. Just as in playing at ball, it is something to catch the ball cleverly and carefully. But a man is not called a good player unless he can handily and quickly send back the ball which he has caught. This analogy is imperfect. And why? Because to do this creditably depends upon the movement and activity of the body and not upon the mind. And an act of which we judge entirely by the eye ought to be all clearly displayed. But if a man caught the ball as he ought to do, I should not call him a bad player for not returning it if his delay in returning it was not caused by his own fault. Yet, you say, although the player is not wanting in skill because he did one part of his duty and was able to do the other part, yet in such a case, the game is imperfect for its perfection lies in sending the ball backwards and forwards. I am unwilling to expose this fallacy further. Let us think that it is the game, not the player that is imperfect. So likewise in the subject which we are discussing, the thing which is given lacks something, because another equal thing got to be returned for it. But the mind of the giver lacks nothing, because it has found another mind equal to itself, and as far as intentions go, has effected what it wished. A man bestows a benefit upon me, I receive it just as he wished it to be received. Then he gets at once what he wanted and the only thing which he wanted, and therefore I have proved myself grateful. After this, it remains for me to enjoy my own resources, with the addition of an advantage conferred upon me by one whom I have obliged. This advantage is not the reminder of an imperfect service, but an addition to a perfected service. Footnote Nothing is wanted to make a benefit conferred from good motives perfect. If it is returned, the gratitude is to be counted as net profit. End footnote. For example, Phidias makes a statue. Now the product of an art is one thing, and that of a trader is another. It is the business of the art to make the thing which he wished to make, and that of the trade to make it with a profit. Phidias has completed his work, even though he does not sell it. The product, therefore, of his work is threefold. There is the consciousness of having made it, which he receives when his work is completed. There is the fame which he receives, and thirdly, the advantage which he obtains by it, in influence or by selling it or otherwise. In like manner, the first fruit of a benefit is the consciousness of it, which we feel when we have bestowed it upon the person whom we chose. Secondly and thirdly, there is the credit which we gain by doing so, and there are those things which we may receive in exchange for it. So when a benefit has been graciously received, the giver has already received gratitude, but has not yet received recompense for it, 
that which we owe in return is therefore something apart from the benefit itself for we have paid for the benefit itself when we accept it in a grateful spirit what say you can a man repay a benefit though he does nothing he has taken the first step he has offered you a good thing with a good feeling and which is the characteristic of friendship has placed you both on the same footing in the next place a benefit is not repaid in the same manner as a loan you have no reason for expecting me to offer you any payment the account between us depends upon the feelings alone what i say will not appear difficult although it may not at first accord with your ideas if you will do me the favor to remember that there are more things than there are words to express them there is an enormous mass of things without names which we do not speak of under distinctive names of their own but by the names of other things transferred to them we speak of our own foot of the foot of a coach of a sail or of a poem we apply the word dog to a hound a fish and a star because we have not enough words to assign a separate name to each thing we borrow name whenever we want one bravery is the virtue which rightly despises danger or the signs of repelling sustaining or inviting dangers yet we call a brave man a gladiator and we use the same word for a good for nothing slave who is led by rashness to defy death economy is the science of avoiding unnecessary expenditure or the art of using one's income with moderation yet we call a man of mean and narrow mind most economical although there is an immeasurable distance between moderation and meanness these things are naturally distinct yet the poverty of our language compels us to call both these men economical just as he who views slight actions with rational contempt and he who without reason runs into danger are alike called brave thus a benefit is both a beneficent action and also is that which is bestowed by that action such as money a house an office in the state there is but one name for them both though their force and power are widely different wherefore give me your attention and you will soon perceive that i say nothing to which you can object that benefit which consists of the action is repaid when we receive it graciously that other which consists of something material we have not then repaid but we hope to do so the debt of good will has been discharged by a return of good will the material debt remains a material return thus although we may declare that he who has received a benefit with good will has returned the favor yet we counsel him to return to the giver something of the same kind as that which he has received some part of what we have said departs from the conventional line of thought and then rejoins it by another path we declare that a wise man cannot receive an injury yet if a man hits him with his fist that man will be found guilty of doing him an injury we declare that a fool can possess nothing yet if a man stole anything from a fool we should find that man guilty of theft we declare that all men are mad yet we do not doze all men with hellebore but we put into the hands of these very persons whom we call madmen both the right of voting and of pronouncing judgment similarly we say that a man who has received a benefit with good will has returned the favor yet we leave him in debt nevertheless bound to repay it even though he has repaid it this is not to disown benefits but it is an encouragement to us neither to fear to receive benefits nor to faint under the too great burden of them good things have been given to me 
I have been preserved from starving. I have been saved from the misery of abject poverty. My life, and what is dearer than life, my liberty, has been preserved. How shall I be able to repay these favors? When will the day come upon which I can prove my gratitude to him? When a man speaks thus, the day has already come. Receive a benefit, embrace it, rejoice. Not that you have received it, but that you have to owe it and return it. Then you will never be in peril of the great sin of being rendered ungrateful by mischance. I will not enumerate any difficulties to you, lest you should despair and faint at the prospect of a long and laborious servitude. I do not refer you to the future. Do it with what means you have at hand. You never will be grateful unless you are so straightway. What then will you do? You need not take up arms, yet perhaps you may have to do so. You need not cross the seas, yet it may be that you will pay your debt, even when the wind threatens to blow a gale. Do you wish to return the benefit? Then receive it graciously, you have then returned the favour. Not indeed so that you can think of yourself to have repaid it, but so that you can owe it with a quieter conscience. End of section 6 Recording by Shreya Sethi